We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Talking Buffalo, featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo, with your host, Patrick Moran. All right, what is going on, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to another episode of Talking Buffalo, your weekday daily driver for Buffalo Sports Talk and more. I am your host, Patrick Moran. Thank you very much, as always, for locking in. Whether you're listening to us, audio podcast form, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, or whether you're checking us out on the video side via YouTube, if you are, please make sure to like, subscribe, and comment on the video. Helps us continue to grow this channel. But regardless of where you are consuming this, I appreciate you all very, very, very much. Um, we're into the midweek portion here, final week of 2023. Typically, I've been doing Buffalo Bills um, film review and PFF grades analysis on these Wednesday episodes. Kind of want to switch it up a little bit today for a few reasons. Uh, number one, the Bills played last Saturday, so it just feels so much farther uh, removed, especially when you add in the fact of Christmas Eve. In Christmas, it almost feels like that game was uh, an eternity ago. And we've already talked about it a little bit yesterday. Um, you've talked about it amongst family and friends, I'm sure, over your uh, holiday activity. So we're going to move on past that game, start to focus a little bit more on uh, the last two games for the Bills, of course, this week coming up against the Patriots. Doesn't get any bigger than that, and because the stakes are just so high. So uh, we, we already know that. But today... On this episode, and it won't be a long one. Um, and, and by the way, I'm kind of just piecing together episodes to get through this final week. It's tough. I know some people are like, well, where the hell are the guests? You used to have guests all the time. We'll have plenty of guests coming up, uh, you know, in, in, in the days and the weeks ahead. We'll be getting back to normal uh, pretty soon. With it being Christmas, people are just tied up, family obligations, just things going on. So when I get some time here and there, I'm just trying to uh, knock off some of these episodes uh, for the week. But today I got a pretty, at least I think anyway, a pretty interesting topic regarding the NFL MVP race and Josh Allen and where he stands, where I think he stands specifically in this race with two more games to go. So we'll we'll talk about that today. Uh, I want to put out there before even diving into uh, the meat and potatoes of this episode that 
I do not think the NFL MVP race is over. I thought it might have been going into Monday night. Had the San Francisco 49ers uh, put away Baltimore and had Brock Purdy looked good doing it. I think that might have been a wrap on the 2023 NFL MVP race. But that was not the case at all. I think there's probably six legitimate candidates right now, including Josh Allen. So what I'm going to do today is go through each of them and outline a couple of reasons why I think we can make a case for that player and also a case against them. And like I said, this obviously includes very much so uh, Josh Allen. I do not think this NFL MVP race is over. Even though it's down to the final two weeks, I still don't think it's over. I think there's maybe not six that could win it, but there's probably at least three, maybe four uh, that still can. So that's what we're going to do today. Highlight that. I think on Thursday's show, I'm going to have Anthony Marino, which is, that's the norm here on Talking Buffalo. Um, hopefully I'll get Anthony on. We'll be able to do our weekly preview, uh, Bills versus Patriots. Um, do our finish the sentence segment. Always a fun time uh, talking with Anthony. We'll see about Friday, Fan Friday. Um, that's something I've been doing lately. And then, like I said, then they were talking New Year's Eve weekend. And uh, then hopefully next week we'll get back to your normal scheduled uh, podcast. But I think this is a pretty interesting topic. I think this is something of interest for sure to uh, Buffalo Bills fans, uh, more specifically Josh Allen fans. So without further ado, because again, I don't want this to be a long episode. Let's have a discussion today. And I would love, 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 love to hear your feedback on any of this. If it's the audio side, tweet at me at Patrick Moran TV. Uh, if it's the, the video side, you can leave a comment. Like I said, in, in the in the YouTube section, maybe we'll read a couple of these on Fridays. I'd love to hear your opinions on who you think the NFL MVP should be. And maybe where you think Josh Allen, because this is a Buffalo-based podcast, where you think Josh Allen ranks right now in the MVP race. I'm sure there's some people out there who genuinely think he has a legitimate chance to win. There's probably some people out there who doesn't even think he deserves to be in the top five for a couple of reasons, which we're going to get into. In fact, we're going to do that starting right now. So again, I got six, what I'd like to call primary candidates right now, who could be NFL MVP. And we'll go through the case for them and the case against them. I got some notes on each. Uh, one last thing before we dive into that. A crazy week with football. And with the exception, of course, of Dallas blowing it against Miami, this was almost a perfect week for the Buffalo Bills. And I, and I mentioned this because I think the NFL MVP race could ultimately be tied into where teams finish in the standings. You know, a team's record ultimately, at least to some extent, plays a pretty significant role in how NFL MVP balloting goes. As for the Bills, I'm sure I don't need to tell you this. Besides rooting for the Bills, you're all very, very, very big Baltimore Ravens fans this weekend. When the Bills are playing the Patriots Sunday, 1 o'clock, the Ravens are hosting the Miami Dolphins. Bottom line, and it doesn't get much more simple than this, folks. Assuming the Bills handle business at home against the New England Patriots, which if you want to be a playoff team, you're damn sure better. But assuming the Bills handle their business, you're rooting for the Ravens because if the Ravens beat the Miami Dolphins, not only in week 18, did the Buffalo Bills play for the AFC East, the Buffalo Bills will be playing for the number two seed in 
the AFC. So a Baltimore victory on Sunday over Miami means the Bills go into Miami with a lot on the line. Not just the division, which would be what? The fourth straight uh, AFC championship for the Bills, but the number two seed in the AFC. And to uh, talk about how important that is, you're talking potentially, at least anyway, not just one home playoff game, but you're guaranteed, assuming if you can win that first home playoff game, the wild card round, you're guaranteed a home playoff game in the divisional round as well. So you're talking potentially two home games for sure for the Bills. And who knows if the first seed of that ends up being, well, actually not if, it would be Baltimore that would because that would mean they beat Miami. So Baltimore, if they were to lose in a divisional round, which is certainly possible, the Bills could, the path through the Super Bowl could still go through Orchard Park. So that's how big it is, folks, that Baltimore beats Miami. Now, on the other hand, if Miami beats Baltimore, then the Bills will be eliminated from winning the AFC East, of course. They might already have a playoff spot wrapped up, but if they don't, they'll be playing going to Week 18 with a chance to, to lock in the playoffs where they're probably going to be a sixth seed. That's not 100% given, but with Cleveland having one less loss and a better conference record that will win a tiebreaker, for the Bills, if they don't win the division and move all the way up to fifth, they would have to obviously beat New England and Miami, and they would need Cleveland to lose both at home against the Jets and on the road in the finale against Cincinnati, which is not impossible. I'm just saying it's probably not that likely. Of course, it would be nice to probably get into that fifth spot because then you're going to be traveling to the AFC South champion, which very much is looking like probably Jacksonville even though Jacksonville is just completely imploding and free-falling right now. If the Bills finish sixth, you're probably looking at a first-round date at Arrowhead in Kansas City against the Chiefs, and the Chiefs are a train wreck. I mean, they just lost at home to the Vegas Raiders. But that said, it's still the Kansas City Chiefs, and you feel like playoff time, Pat Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, they could turn up the defending Super Bowl champions a dangerous team. I like the Bill. I think the Bills are a better team than Kansas City. I've been saying it all year, and I won't waver from that if the Bills do go to Kansas City. But I'm sure you'd rather go to Jacksonville and take your chances than play out at Kansas City. But anyway, that's the way, depending on how this weekend shakes out, how it's looking for Buffalo. Um, in terms of clinching a playoff spot, the Bills will be in the playoffs no matter what happens. If they win and either two or three happen, Jacksonville loses at home against Carolina. Very unlikely. Pittsburgh loses at Seattle, very possible. And Cincinnati loses at Kansas City, very possible. So the Bills could clinch, realistically clinch a playoff spot by the end of Sunday. And again, depending on how Miami and Baltimore shake out, the Bills could be playing for number two in the AFC, which would be pretty wild. But anyway, back to this uh, NFL MVP race here down the stretch. Six candidates. Let's start with Josh Allen. I mean, why not here? This is a Buffalo show. We're talking about. Josh Allen, we talk about him every week, so let's talk about him here. Uh, the case for him and a case against him. Uh, you're talking reasons why Josh Allen still can be NFL MVP. He's first in the NFL in total touchdowns. He's got 40 for the year. He's the first quarterback in the history of the NFL to have four straight seasons of 40 total touchdowns. No one's ever done that before, so he's got that going for him. He's got the number one, um, he's ranked first in PFF. And some people, you know, take it with a grain of salt. 
what PFF, what their grades are worth, but he's first in quarterbacks on PFF with an overall grade of 91.4 for the season. Um, His second, I should say he's second in PFF passing grade overall at 88.3. Uh, he's sixth in the NFL right now in passing yards with 3,778. He's fourth in the NFL among all quarterbacks in rushing yards with 413. He's second in the NFL among quarterbacks in rushing touchdowns with 13. You know what? When you score 13 touchdowns on the ground as a quarterback and you're not even leading the league, that is some shit right there, man. But anyway, Jalen Hurts leads that category. Josh Allen is second. Uh, He's second in QBR for the year at 71.6. And he is your two-time AFC Offensive Player of the Week. So the stats are there. The accolades are certainly there for Josh Allen. You can make a very strong case that he deserves to be NFL MVP. And of course, just like with all these other candidates, you still got two more games to add to your resume. And if you go into Miami in week 18, and it's for all the marbles for the AFC East for the number two seed, and you go and you smack Miami around, you have a big game. It's going to put a lot of uh, stock into his case as well. But anyway, as things stand right now, that's the case for him. Uh, I think two things go against him. Number one, interceptions. He's got 15 of them. Nine short games with a pick, too. Uh, he's second in the NFL in interceptions, in fact. Only Sam Howell from Washington has more. He's got 17 for the year. So that's something you got to hold against Josh Allen. And then, just quite frankly, a few games that were just terrible um, outings for Josh Allen. It's tough to say somebody's an MVP when they're maybe as responsible as anybody for at least two of your losses on the season. Uh, Josh Allen was dreadful in the opener against the Jets. Three interceptions, four turnovers. His fault, too. Uh, I thought he was terrible against Denver. Even though they won against the Giants, he only won 14-9. I thought Josh Allen was pretty shitty against the Giants. Uh, One great in Jacksonville, one great in New England for a half. A lot of slow first halves. Not all his fault. But again, we're talking MVP here. This is an MVP race, not a a good player race. You just can't have those kind of games. So I, I have to hold, if I'm being objective here at least, I got to hold that against him. He was really, really bad against the Jets and really, really bad against Denver. And those were two losses right now that the Bills would love to have even one of them back. So that combined with just the turnovers, the interceptions, you know, not all his not all his fault, but quite frankly, a lot of them were. There were some pretty ugly interceptions from Josh Allen. So I think you got to hold that against him. And plus just a couple of weeks ago, the Bills were only six and six. And I don't know many MVPs that are going to be uh, or people who are going to win MVPs on a team that's barely above 500. So anyway, that's the case against Josh Allen. Uh, Lamar Jackson, I think he picked up a lot of steam Monday night. The case for him, he's led the Ravens to a 12-3 and record right now, best team in the NFL record-wise. So that matters a lot. You're talking the quarterback on the best team in the NFL. That holds a lot of weight. Um He's thrown just seven interceptions for the season on 436 pass attempts, which is tied for 21st in the league. That is awesome. Again, just seven picks. Josh Allen has thrown literally more than twice that many. So that matters. Um, He's first in rushing yards among quarterbacks for the season. No surprise there. 786 yards on the ground, even though it's not even close to his career high. But anyway, 
786 rushing yards. He's averaged 5.5 yards per carry for the season. And then last, and I think this matters too, he has um he has that pedigree. He has an MVP pedigree. He's won MVP before. He won it back in 2019. So that's the case for Lamar. If you're talking the case against Lamar Jackson, he's just 15th among quarterbacks in the NFL in passing yards, 3,357. 15th is pretty much among the starters, middle of the pack. That's not really good. Um, he's only thrown for 200 yards this season more than Geno Smith. And ain't nobody talking about Geno Smith as being an NFL MVP candidate this year. He's only had two 300-yard passing games on the season. Um, he's only thrown 19 touchdown passes, which is only tied in the NFL for 14th, which again, that's middle of the pack. So now you're talking middle of the pack passing yards, middle of the pack touchdown passes. And he's not really close to any career high in any major passing or rushing statistic. So if you want to make the case against him, it's like he's been part of a great, and he's a great football player. Don't get me wrong. Again, we're, I have to make the case against all six of these guys that we're talking about here. So I'm being the optimist and then I'm being the pessimist for each year by design. If I'm being the pessimist here, I could just say he's a very good player on a great football team this year. So that would be the case against Lamar Jackson. I'm going to take a quick break, by the way, come back and then we're going to run through the other four and I'm going to count down my personal ballot as things stand right now from six all the way down to one. Be right back. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment 
and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, I am back here, and we are talking the six prime NFL MVP candidates, the cases for and against them, and where I think and where you think Josh Allen stacks up as things stand right now. And by the way, I started with Josh and I went to Lamar Jackson before the break. This is random, like these six. This isn't my order necessarily of one to six or six to one. I'm just kind of doing these randomly among the six prime candidates. Um, continuing to a talk Lova, and I always struggle to say that last name, but I got it there once, and that's all I'm going to say. Tua, the case for him, man, this guy, he's been really good. He's leading the NFL right now in passing yards, 4,214 yards on the season. So nobody in the NFL has thrown for more passing yards than him. Um, he leads the NFL in PFF passing grade, 90.5. That's number one. Josh Allen is number two overall. He's thrown 26 touchdown passes on the year, which is sixth best in the NFL. He's only been sacked 26 times, which is only 24, tied for 24th most in the NFL because he gets rid of the ball quick. He only holds the ball for an average of 2.33 seconds per passing play, far and away the best in the NFL. Um, he's been dropping bombs this year, five games already, where he's had at least 300 yards passing. And then, which does matter, this isn't a statistic, but it's something worth noting that I think is going to matter plenty. This is a guy who is coming back from multiple concussions last year. Uh, he didn't play in the playoffs last year for Miami. He didn't get to play down the stretch. He didn't get to play in the playoffs. Two concussions. So there were questions about his health and his short-term and long-term future even coming into the season. A uh, quick little side note here. I play in a media uh, dynasty football, football league, and our, our buddy over at WGR, Nate Gary, proposed a trade to me very early in the season, which probably, well, I ended up making it to the semis anyway. So I don't, I don't want to say that it costed me all that much, but it was a, a great trade that I turned down at the time. He offered me Tua and Raheem Mostert, for Desmond Ritter, Jalen Warren, and a future first-round pick. And long story short, I rejected the trade because I had zero faith that Tua was even going to last this season without getting another concussion, without getting hurt again, let alone be a strong, very legitimate MVP candidate. So the fact that he's coming back from injury, I think certainly holds a lot of weight in this MVP race. So those are the cases for him, uh, the cases against him. He's thrown 10 interceptions now on the season. Uh, he has Tyreek Hill, who a lot of people are going to say will take away some votes from Tua, which is a fair conclusion to arrive at. Um, strictly an old school sling it quarterback, pocket quarterback. Um, he's only rushed for 53 yards on the season. I mean, that's like some borderline Dan Marino shit right there. So he's not very mobile, doesn't run the ball, not a dual threat like a lot of the great quarterbacks in today's modern NFL, like Josh Allen, like Jalen Hurts, like, like Dak Prescott, like Pat Mahomes, et cetera, et cetera. Tua is just a classic old school, stand in the pocket, throw the ball around. It's not really an insult. I'm just saying he's not a dual threat quarterback, which might hold some water in voting. And then I talked about earlier, maybe the, the getting rid of the ball so quick being a, a, a pro in his case, but you could also turn that around and make that a con as well. 
It could be Mike McDaniel and his system. It's just designed to, you know, for any quarterback to come in that system. You might make the same case with Shanahan and Frisco, where it's the players in the system as much as the quarterback. Again, he's only holding the ball for 2.33 seconds per pass attempt. That's just nuts, man. So anyway, that's Tua's case for and against him. I mentioned Tyreek Hill, so let, let's hit him up. I think he's one of the six legitimate candidates here. Case for him, 1,640 yards receiving. And I'll tell you, if he didn't hurt his ankle, to have him at least slow him down a little bit here down the stretch, he absolutely would have been flirting with 2,000 yards. And not that that's completely out of the realm of possibility with two games left, but even still, 1,641 yards, number one in the NFL, and he's number one by more than 200 yards. CeeDee Lamb's second, and it's not even close. Um, he's first in PFF overall grade, 93.9, and he's first in PFF overall receiving grade for the year at 94.2. Um, he's had three receptions, or I'm sorry, he's third in the NFL this year in receptions. He's already over 100 receptions. He's got 106 catches for the year, and he's tied for fifth in the NFL in targets and 146. And then last and not least, this guy is as big of a impact game changer as you'll find around this league. He's had eight games this year, eight with over 100 yards receiving, and he has had five games with over 150 yards receiving. That shit is wild. Five games this year he's had with more than 150 yards receiving. That's crazy. So there are tons and tons and tons of legitimate reasons to put Tyreek Hill on this short list. You're going against him. No non-quarterback has won NFL MVP since Adrian Peterson did back in 2012. Basically, unofficially anyway, this award, for all intents and purposes, is called most valuable quarterback, not necessarily most valuable player. because. Nine quarterbacks just don't win this shit. No one has in over a decade now. So he's got that going against him for sure. Um, being a little bit nitpicky here, but there's been some, you know, I talked about Josh Allen and now we had some quiet days, which might go to hurt him a little bit. Tyree Kills had four games this year where he's been held to 62 yards or less receiving. And then you look at like statistical leaders in certain wide receiver categories amongst his peers. Um, Mike Evans has scored more touchdowns in him this season. Uh, Brandon Ayuk has averaged more yards per catch in him this season. Uh, CeeDee Lamb has caught more passes than him this season. So he's not necessarily the undisputed best player even at his own position, although a lot of people would say there's not a receiver in the NFL, including me, that I would want before uh, Tyree Kill. And then last, like I said, also just like with Tua, it's kind of like, in a political party sometimes where you got one guy who's on one party and then the other two are split in the same party and they kind of divide that vote and will help the other person win. I think Tua and Tyree Kill might get some votes for each other that kind of cancel each other's chances of, of winning out as well. So that's your case for it against Tua. Um, two more here. Christian McCaffrey, the case for he's leading the NFL in rushing 1,395 rushing yards. Nobody's even in the stratosphere of him in this stat. He's leading the NFL by 338 rushing yards right now. He's got 14 rushing touches on the year, 5.4 yards per carry, 63 catches, 
537 yards, seven touchdowns. Uh, that's third best among running backs and catches, first among running backs and yards, first among running backs in uh, touchdown receptions. He's got 1,932 yards from scrimmage, first in the NFL. So he's a, he's damn near 2,000 yards, total yards from scrimmage right now. And the 49ers still have two games left. All this pretty much is me telling you, Christian McCaffrey's like a fantasy football god. He's the best player, in my opinion, on the best team in the NFL. He scored a touchdown in 13 of his 15 games. Christian McCaffrey, and he stayed healthy. I mean, the, the, the case against this guy throughout his career is his inability to stay healthy, and that has not been the case this year. So, man, there's a lot of reasons why Christian McCaffrey could be NFL MVP right now. Uh, the case against him, I'm going to say the exact same thing that I said with Tyreek Hill. No quarterback, or non-quarterback, I should say, has won this award since Adrian Peterson all the way back in 2012. So he's got that going against him. And then just like with Miami, Tua and Tyreek kind of splitting votes that might hurt each other in the long run. You kind of got that same deal with Frisco, at least before Baltimore, because before the Ravens game, I think Brock Purdy warned him in a second here. I think he may have been the front runner to win this award. So they might, they might cancel each other out. And then the talent on his own team, you know, the Frisco, any one player on offense, it's just so hard because you got Christian McCaffrey, you got Purdy, you got Debo Samuel, you got Brandon Ayuk, you got Kittle. I mean, this team is just loaded and loaded and loaded with weapons. And that might come to hurt him just a little bit, which just might be all it takes for him to not win. So that's McCaffrey. And then the last person among the six is Brock Purdy. Case for him, he's second in the NFL in passing yards with over 4,000, 4,050 which you really think about it, man. And he's still got two games left. You're like, Brock Purdy's got over 4,000 yards. Eh, he does. He's second in the NFL with 30 touchdown passes. He's tied for fourth in completion percentage among qualified quarterbacks at 68.8. He's thrown for 300 yards five times this year. Um, he's had three, three touchdown passes this game. I'm sorry, he's had three, four touchdown passes this game, and he's had five games where he's thrown for at least three touchdowns this season. Uh, he's first in the entire NFL in QBR at 71.7, just ahead of Josh Allen at 71.6. Um, he's first in the NFL in the old school standard, the overall QB rating at 112.2. And he's the quarterback, in my opinion, on the best team in football. So there's plenty of pros here in the column for Brock Purdy to be MVP. The thing going against him, not a lot, but it's a big one. And that's this game just here on Monday night. He might have blown it against the Ravens because he was horrific. He threw four picks that game. And it's hard to say this is your NFL MVP when you go on primetime, maybe the best team in the West against the best team in the East, or the AFC, NFC, I'm sorry, I'm going East-West, thinking this is basketball or hockey here, but you got the premier team in the AFC, the premier team in the NFC, primetime, Christmas night, the world's watching, and you go out there and just lay a shit bomb, because that's what Brock Purdy did. So this one game single-handedly might have blown it for him. Um, he's thrown 11 interceptions on the season. And nine of those 11 picks have come in the four losses that Frisco's had. 
So on the rare occasions where Frisco's not playing well, you could say, well, Brock Purdy had a lot to do with these losses. And then the last thing, like I said, just like with Miami, McCaffrey might take away some, some bolts for him. So anyway, that's your, your pros and your cons for Brock Purdy. Uh, I got four guys that I think are worthy of what we'll call honorable mention. I think they're guys that you should consider, but they're not going to win and they're probably not going to be top six. Uh, most noteworthy is Dak Prescott because honestly, I think if we had this episode two weeks ago, Dak Prescott might have been in the top three, certainly in the top six. He's first in the NFL in TDs. He, he's third in yards, but you know, an ugly loss where he got their ass whooped in Buffalo and then losing the following week in Miami. I think that takes him out of the uh, the MVP race. Uh, Jalen Hurts, 20 touchdown passes, 15 rushing touchdowns, but he's thrown 13 picks and he's had some pretty lousy stretches. So I think he's con gets considered, but he's not going to win. Uh, Jared Goff, 3,984 yards, very impressive, 27 touchdowns. Just not a quite enough... Uh, consistency like he's been really good but i don't think he's been on the level of lamar and tua and josh allen so i'll put him in this category where he only gets honorable mention and then last i gotta have one player on defense and for me that's definitely jj watt 17 sacks 16 tackles for a loss eight passes defended four fumble four forced fumbles three fumble recoveries one fumble recovery for a touchdown and a pick six. Like he, you read those numbers. And as I'm reading them all on, I'm like, how would I only have him honorable mention? Like, how is he not even top six? Because ain't no defensive player going to win NFL MVP. That's why. But TJ Watt has just been absolutely sensational. And I got to mention him at least as honorable mention. Conspicuous by his absence, Pat Mahomes. He's not even in the top 10 for me in NFL MVP voting this year. He might not even be top 12. So weird to say that, but it's been a bad year for the Chiefs. You know, they they lack receivers. They're lacking a lot. Travis Kelsey looks like he's slowing down some, but this has not been a good year for Pat Mahomes. He's made a lot of mistakes, some pretty brutal turnovers himself. So I just can't in good conscience. He might still be the best player in the NFL. I'll certainly listen to arguments for that, but he cannot be seriously considered even among the top 10 players in the NFL in regards to being an MVP candidate this year. So to conclude here, I'm going to count down now my personal, this is my personal ballot here, six down to one. Again, with the caveat that I don't think this is quite over yet. Um, six, I'm going to go with Tyreek Hill. I, I think the quarterback is going to get more credit here, maybe than deserved. Uh, I got Tyreek lower, but I would say, and I think most of you would say, if the Bills had a chance to play Miami and you could either not have Tyree Kill in the lineup or not have two in the lineup, who would you rather had to sit out for Miami? I think most people, I know I would say for sure, Tyree Kill. But that said, I'm going to have him at six. Number five, Christian McCaffrey. I could sit there and give you long-winded speeches just like with Tyreek, but quarterback ain't winning or a non-quarterback they're just they're not going to win nfl mvp i just don't see it happening so i got him five number four i got his teammate brock purdy i just again i think he completely blew it against baltimore this past monday night um that combined with having mccaffrey on his team 
Might have had him a little iffy to begin with, but I, I think that game blew it. So I have him four. Number three, this is where I have Josh Allen, folks. Right now I have Josh Allen number three on my ballot for NFL MVP. Still have two games left. And is there a scenario where Josh Allen could still win MVP? And I'm being objective and I'm being honest with everybody now. Yes, but it's very unlikely. The one scenario I could see happening, Josh is light out, lights out against New England, obviously, this week. Baltimore and Miami play, and it's an ugly 16-13 game, something like that, where the defense just rules that game. And then maybe Baltimore, well, even if they don't have a great, or whether they have a great week 18 or not. But if Baltimore is wins, but not impressively, and Tua and Josh Allen face off a week 18, and Josh Allen just lights up Miami again, plays way better than Tua, and they go all the way up to the number two seed. I think the stat discrepancy between Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson could be enough to propel Josh Allen to win an MVP. So I don't think Josh Allen's MVP candidacy is dead right now. I'd say it's unlikely. And if it ended right now with no more games left, I have Josh third. I cannot give him MVP because a couple of the games where it was bad Josh was pretty damn bad Josh, especially that Jets game, especially that Denver game. It's just really hard to get past those. But it's not over for him. But I got him at number three, which means right now as things stand, I got Tua at number two. And this is tough. I got Tua at number two, and I got Lamar Jackson at number one. But I'm telling you, that Baltimore-Miami game this coming Sunday at 1 o'clock, not only you know a big game for the Bills, obviously, who are going to be the biggest Ravens fans in the world, but you might be, well, not might, you would be willing to say, man, I'll concede Josh having any chance of winning MVP because I want Lamar to roll Miami because that means the Bills will have a crack at getting the number two seed in week 18. But if Miami plays well and Tua outplays Lamar Jackson and Miami beats the Ravens on the road, I think Tua probably is going to win MVP. If Baltimore plays well and beats Miami, I think Lamar Jackson is going to win MVP. If Baltimore beats Miami, but it's a, or vice versa, but it's an ugly, defensive, grimy kind of game, I don't expect that, but it's certainly possible then I think the door is open for Josh Allen. But as things stand right now, right now, this moment, I got Josh three, I got two or two, and I got Lamar Jackson at one, which I'm going to lie, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, I should say. I don't feel great about because Lamar Jackson statistically just hasn't done it for me. But he's the best, he's the quarterback on the best team and he's played great and he's won MVP before. So as the things stand right now, this moment, I got to give it to uh, Lamar. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. I Like I said, I plan to be back tomorrow with Anthony Marino. Bill's Patriots preview. Plenty more stuff here coming up, not just tomorrow, but for the rest of the week here. Appreciate you all very much, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? 
Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.